Well, welcome back, ladies and gents, to another weird journey, as Mike so called it. Weird journey. On his outro, his Mm. farewell last time. Mm. I'm one of your hosts. If you missed last week, (laughs) you missed the weird journey, go back and listen to it. You need to go back. Go back to number 15. You need to go back at least two times. Mm. I'm Chad. I'm Mike. Come on. We're here with Jacob. Hello. He did wave. He didn't even look at us, but he did yeah, wave. He waved. Welcome back. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do Road it. Table talk. Here we go. Number 16. Episode 16. Number 16. Welcome home. Uh, installment number two of Welcome Home. Uh, Rogue Table Talks number 16. And we're talking about compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, what is home? What should home be? And so one of the things we're going to say is home is a place of compassion. Um, one of the things that gets that gets in the way of of welcoming or being is the lack of compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, that shortly we just don't care about people. Yeah, we don't care. We're us, and we don't care about them. They're them. We don't care about them. Mm. I'm not sure we totally care about us, but we definitely don't care about them. And you know, we seem very comfortable living in a world with um where we don't have to have a lot of compassion for people so so why do you think i just ask you here for this connection why do you think compassion um needs to be a staple of the home of the church like hey if this thing is in the culture of your community like this is key especially Mm -hmm. even talking about last week like where we came from with alienation exile why compassion? Well, I mean, if you think about it, so on the one hand, I don't want to need your compassion. I don't want to ever be in a place where I feel like I need your compassion. You, that's deep. You just went 10 feet yeah. right there. Okay. Right. So let me just leave that there. And so I think that's partly where I don't want to feel like I have to have compassion for you mm-hmm. either. So because now I'm like... Hmm, if I have compassion, am I obligated to do something about it? I mean, I can't. Compassion sort of implies I'm not just looking away and I'm not just ignoring it and I'm not just putting it behind me that I not just, I mean, I see it. I, I care about it because I see it and I'm not, I'm not looking away. And I think we, you know, if, if I don't have that, can I really be, I'm not even seeing mm. you, right? Like I'm, I'm looking good. away from the parts of you that I would need to have compassion. So I'm not really looking at the real you. I'm yeah. just, I'm looking at the you you want to present. Yeah. And you're looking at the me I want to present. And we don't need compassion because we're all pretty good, but it's not, it's, that's fake, right? It's fake community. It's fake home. It's not yeah. really home. Home is, you know, you're walking around in your underwear yeah. because it's home. and As we do, uh-huh. as you do, Come like on. you do. Like we're doing this from our <laughs> home right now. No. Um, but think about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's partly the, hey, you're okay, right? I'm okay. Mm-hmm. You're okay. I'm okay. That attitude kind of works against being a place of home. And it's sort of, now you don't have permission to actually have some condition that requires my compassion. Mm. Right, you're smart, good-looking, rich, secure, got a good job, funny, interact well with people. I'm, I'm all of the same. Man, I felt like you described us to a T. Uh huh. So we don't need it. <laughs> Put your compassion so away. Let me get this straight because this is such an intriguing idea. 
for those of us who haven't thought on your level of compassion of why we maybe avoid it mm-hmm. we don't want to f- we don't want to s- truly see because then we might be truly obligated to yeah do something to do something yeah. and so we just completely avoid right. that right eye contact yeah. truly listening truly genuine human interaction um no i'd rather just kind of bs through the day and keep everybody on that's surface right. that's right i think that i'd rather be the person that does that i'd rather you do it so we're giving each other what we want that's how right. are you fine i'm fine are you fine and we're all fine uh, and because we say that because that's the answer you want to hear that's the answer i want to get and the reason the reason one of the reasons we do that is because i don't want to be in a place where oh you've got real struggles now i have compassion now what am i gonna oh, do oh geez <laughs> i might have to like and i don't want to be the person that you have compassion i mean that feels weak okay right yeah like, that feels like i'm like it's some weakness that if i had my stuff together you wouldn't have to have compassion for me mm. which I, life doesn't work that way obviously both of them feel and they feel related but both reasons um feel uh, like I'm trying to be invulnerable. Yeah. I don't want to necessarily feel like I need something. Yeah. And I don't want to be obligated to you if you need something. Right. So let me what? Numb myself? Yeah. Anesthetize? And I'll look away. You look away. Yes. And I do think we do it as we look out onto the world where, you know, we're supposed to pray that, you know, God's will be done, his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, as sort of a way of recognizing that things are not like that and things are profoundly broken. We don't really want to dwell on that. And I think when we dwell on it, we often dwell on it in us, well, you know, they did that to themselves. Yeah. You know, they're just, as, you know, their poor choices. Yeah. Or even if you look at a place, and I'll probably get somewhat controversial, um, or at least I'll sound like I'm going to be, but you look at the situation on the border, um, and what your views of immigration policy are or are not are irrelevant to whether we should have compassion mm. to people who have really hard lives. Mm. And it's almost as though, you know, we can us and them, them, and say, well, they this and they that, and therefore I don't have to feel anything about them. And we can do that about crime in the inner city or drug use or so many things yeah. that I don't, man, if I have to have compassion for all of that, it might be overwhelming. And yeah. so I'm going to either look away or I'm going to otherize them. And so I don't, I'm not, because compassion involves some sort of an obligation to feel, to do, to pray, to, and I just, honestly, that's hard. So I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, I, I mean that you just reminded me to be really honest. Uh, that image, um, probably a month or more ago, of the father, father and the daughter. The, yeah. Oh my goodness, I yeah. couldn't. It wrecked me. Sure. I was at the gym and right. it just popped up, and I was like, I can't even. Yeah. I can't do anything. Right, like it's awful. Yeah. And I think what we can do again, back to last week when we talked about the story and the story we're on we forget we're on that story and everything becomes a political issue because that's what our culture does. And we see that through, that's really a representation of a political issue. And I mean, it, there is some politics involved with, with many things, I suppose, but at, at it's hard. It's a father and it's the father and child drowning. Yeah. 
I mean, that's, we should have compassion. Yeah. And the shootings. Regard, yes, on the shootings, regardless of what we think about this or that, or whether there should or shouldn't be gun control or what kind there should be, all of that, there's a place for that discussion politically, sure. but it doesn't replace, do I feel compassion for the families of those slain? Yeah. You know, what does it feel that's like? That's the first, to me, that's the first question is the the humanity question yeah, right. of the, right. okay, we live in a world where this is possible and it happens, mm -hmm. that should wreck me. Yes. And and to be honest, I don't know if I can handle that all the time. Right. So right. I, I, I want to push those into categories mm -hmm. um, that I don't have to deal with. Right. And to me, one of the dangers of elevating political policy is now I'm going to try to say, well, we could just fix this heart issue with a law. Yep, that's right. That's exactly right. I do think that's, that's we want to think there's a political fix to every issue. And so, okay, then if they just would pass this law, we wouldn't have this situation. And it's really, I'm instead of feeling compassion, I'm feeling anger at the people that are getting in the way of the exactly, law. Exactly, exactly. Um, when we who are part of this bigger story should know, I mean, laws help, but there's no law that you could pass that takes away human evil, that people, no I mean, obviously it's happened since we've, there's been people, we've had all sorts of laws and yeah. it keeps happening. Um, you can't legislate a clean heart. Right, that's you, right. And it, I think, it's impossible. you know, we're going to damage each other because we live in a broken world. I think so there's that, that. that whole world of, you know, this keeps me from being compassionate. But I think also one thing that keeps me from having compassion for people is my own worries and cares and pain and so th the whole big picture of the world can overwhelm me my old inner world can overwhelm me that i'm not even you know i'm not i'm overwhelmed with my own fear anxiety depression that i don't have any place to offer compassion to yep. you right um and again it's it's the sense of being on this story uh together that if if we are on this part of being on this story together is I don't suffer those things alone or I don't have to suffer them alone. Yeah. Um, but again, it's partly like I don't I don't want you to feel compassion. I mean, honestly, I don't I wanna I wanna be someone you don't have compassion for. I mean, who wants to be the person? Yeah. No, I right? think that's that's a really good insight. It's it's probably hard for us to accept, but I don't wanna um, present myself as someone who needs someone else. You know, you, you've said a few words here, and when I think about Jesus and his ministry, uh, there are two words that come to mind, especially in this conversation. Um, continually, someone would present themselves to Jesus. They have an ailment, mm -hmm. they have a need, mm -hmm. my daughter's sick, um, the woman in, you know, bleeding for 19 mm -hmm. years. And regularly you see the gospel writer say something like this, Oh, and then Jesus looked at him, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. he saw them, right? And then often the motive for physical healing is what? It's compassion. compassion right. He had compassion on their ailment, on Peter's, uh, you know, mother-in-law's fever, right? You know, right. she she's in bed. She can't right. she can't do anything. She can't be there as a hostess would want to be for her son for son-in-law mm -hmm. and Jesus. And Jesus has compassion and he heals. And so these these two things go hand in hand, I think. Truly seeing, yeah. truly looking, it can awaken compassion. Right, yes. Yeah, which is often why we don't want to truly see <laughs> right. and truly exactly. look. Right, exactly. 
Uh, in, yeah, you do see that uh, in Jesus's ministry over and over again. Um, you know, Andy had compassion on them is a phrase that recurs. Uh, and sometimes it, in surprising places, like when he's going to feed the 5,000, uh, when he looks out on the crowd in Matthew 14, it's, you know, he sees them, he looks out on this crowd as he's teaching them and this crowd's gathered and he has compassion on them. And, you know, we need to feed them. Yeah. And so this, you know, I have compassion on them. And the disciples are like, Send them away. <laughs> they need to go home. They need to go. Yeah. Right. I mean, what, what are we, we going to do? We can't feed them. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so they immediately jump to like all the objections of the, yeah. what compassion might yeah, lead I can't, to. Right. right. That's irrational. And that's right. And I think that's the, and I do feel like it's a difficult thing to have compassion for people and not necessarily be able to directly help. But we can pray and, you know, we can um, engage our hearts and have compassion on them. But I do feel like often... You know, we're like the disciples. It's like, what? I mean, what am I? What do I? What am I going to do? Right. There's so many of them. I, we don't have enough. What am I going to do? And and it's not that we should figure out what to do, because the disciples wasn't their job to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. But if we use that as a as a reason not to have compassion, then you know what happens when we're presented. It's you know when we're presented with somebody with a super messy life is we feel like that's overwhelming. Yeah. I don't have an easy answer for you. Therefore, send them away. Therefore, I'm not going to have compassion on you. And people sense, you know, people not, don't necessarily need you to fix every problem, but do you, you care? Are you even there? Are you even whatever? Yeah. I think that's a hard thing. I mean, it's a hard thing for me. I want to I have an answer to the question. And if I don't, I want to change the question. And sometimes you just have to leave the question the question. Like, yeah. Uh, Lord, I don't know what to do for this person. Well, I think, too, one of the challenges... Uh, so Mike Iaconelli, he was uh, kind of a youth leader guru forever ago, and he wrote a book called Messy Spirituality. And in uh, a really brilliant paragraph in the book, he comes to describe how he grew into thinking what ministry was. And he, he describes it, you know, I used to think it was fixing, yeah. and I used to think it was solving. Yeah. Um, but really it was more about listening mm-hmm. and it was about presence, presence yeah. and it was just about being with those people. And so, yeah, I think we often like sabotage compassion because we feel the pressure. We probably internalize it, but it's like, oh, I've got to do something. Um, but maybe just being with them and, you know, breaking, you know, bread or right. your heart being broken with right. them yeah. is what you're supposed to do, yeah. quote unquote, do. Right. Is it so much easier to think you have the answer, even if they're not going to do it, well, then it's their fault. I mean, I gave them the answer. Yeah. I don't know what to do for you. Yeah. Whereas one of the things that that jumps out when Jesus looks on upon one of the crowds, and I think it's another time where he's, he ends up feeding, one of the feedings, um, and he looked out upon the crowd, and he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting like turn of phrase because those people will shortly afterward be you know wanting to kill him, and he is the good shepherd. Hmm. And you know, I would say, are they really helpless? I mean, they're just making bad choices, and here's <laughs> right. Jesus right in front of them. Just listen to Jesus, and <laughs> and it's so simple. It's so simple, and I think that Jesus is not distracted from having compassion on people who are in a bad place. 
even if they're completely to blame. Like we want, well, you're the cause of your bad place, so I don't owe you compassion. When I don't think that's, that's not, Jesus didn't do that. Yeah. You know, he looked down on the crowd and he had compassion for them for they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. And here's the good shepherd standing in front of him. I mean, here's the answer. The answer's right there. Yeah. Just do that. Just, you know, follow him and you've got your answer. But he didn't, he didn't say that, you know, he had, he had compassion on them, which I think there's something there. I don't, I think I'm still sort of wrestling with, like, what does it mean to have compassion on it's sort of simple, but sort of mind blowing. Like it right? is, because now, now, now everyone is sort of out there for my compassion. Yeah, like nobody's disqualified. Right. It's simple. It, I think you know maybe there's no secret to understanding it, but allowing it to bloom and grow into our mm-hmm. hearts is is difficult work. Sure, absolutely. Um, it's it, to me. It's one of those things, it's more of a, a tender thing growing up in the garden and you have to kind of work harder to protect it yeah. as opposed to like this really strong, overwhelming force that just blasts yeah. through. Right. It's more of a, no, there's like 10 different ways I can kill compassion and I'm probably going to be up to that sooner than you know not. Um, and I think it's interesting, the, the passage you're talking about, the Greek word for compassion is splankana and it, it, it refers to literally refers to the bowels, the guts, mm. like the depths of mm-hmm. being in a person mm-hmm. of, you know, this is where we get the t- idea of like gut-wrenching. Mm-hmm. So Jesus sees this and it's not pity. And they're like, oh, I feel sorry for those people. Like that, mm-hmm. that sucks. Mm-hmm. They don't really get it. Right. Like, right. okay. Too bad. Yeah. Bad. It's this, um, oh gosh, my, my stomach is churning. Like this isn't right. This Mm-hmm. This hurts mm-hmm. me. This hits me hard. Yeah, I and in some way you see the identification of Jesus with the people. Like the good shepherd identifies mm-hmm. with the sheep to be able to feel the compassion. And that's a, the question for me is can I identify? Can I look far enough into your story where I can find mine? Mm-hmm. Can I look far enough into yeah. your life where I can yeah. see me? And yeah. if I if I can, then I can maybe awaken compassion of like, oh no, I get. I did this exercise. I was having, uh, just thinking through, you know, one of the persons that I was struggling with. I was having this conflict with, and I thought, okay, um, if this represents something that's really in me, because whenever you have conflict with somebody, at least in your head, it, it's nothing like you, right? Right. I don't. I don't like this part about right. that person because it's nothing like me. So right. I tried to flip it. Like, well, right. maybe if it's exactly like me, right. what if? What if I do the same thing? And it didn't take me long to go far enough into their story to find myself and be like, oh yeah, yeah, no, right. I don't manifest it the same, but I do exactly the same yeah. thing in a different way. Yeah, that's the, that's the fascinating part is Jesus sees them and it's gut-wrenching because they're harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd and they're gonna oppose him soon and they're gonna kill him and he knows all of this, but we're not Jesus. We should be able to remember yeah, lots of time. I mean, I was harassed and helpless and like a sheep without a shepherd. Yeah. And often I am, I act as if I'm harassed and helpless and like a sheep without a shepherd. I, sh- I should be able to identify with that. And if I can't, then I'm probably not looking at myself really honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're, the needs they're trying to meet are the needs that Christ is meeting in me, or I'm running away from that as well. Um, because, you know, it shouldn't be... Uh, 
identifying with people who are harassed and helpless shouldn't be that difficult for us. It, uh, theoretically. But it is. <laughs> Practically. It is. Yeah, right. So I, I just think that um, one of the things that, um, one of the ways in which we undermine sort of the gospel and in, 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 in be unwelcoming is that we, in the interest of being right, we consistently um, act in ways that lack compassion or yeah. speak in ways that lack compassion, even you know, if we are right. Yeah. And you know what interrupts compassion for me? And this is really challenging uh, growth point for me for compassion is Jesus saw them harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd and knew that they wouldn't get it mm -hmm. and that they would turn on him. Right. But still offered compassion. Yeah. And for me, I really struggled to offer compassion when I feel like the person is unaware. Yeah. Like you don't get it. You don't yeah. even see. Yeah. You don't even care. Right. You're not even trying to be like, oh no, you know, maybe I played a part in that. Right. Or maybe that was a little bit my yeah. issue. Or I just that's where I have a lot of room to grow in Christ likenesses. Man, true compassion is extended regardless of the response. Yeah. Yeah, I think we want, we confuse, um, you know, somehow they have to not be totally to blame for me to have compassion on mm -hmm. them. Or again, no, they can be, they can be to blame. They can own it and I can still have compassion. I, you know, we live in a broken world. I don't know if anybody's totally to blame for everything, but the sense that mm, I don't have to mitigate that in my mind to make it easier or better or softer for me to have compassion just it can be what it is yeah and like you don't have to earn it in other words what i'm trying to say yeah along with say you don't have to earn my compassion well i mean you often do have to earn my compassion but you shouldn't have to earn <laughs> sure. right uh my compassion you shouldn't have to be worthy of it because in, you know we see see with jesus as well i do think we struggle with compassion as believers in a culture that's turning against the church yeah often with you know, some reason to turn against the church. Yeah, some legitimate critique. Some legitimate complaint, critiques for complaints. sure. And so we want to, so we feel attacked and, you know, we feel like we're the weaker, they're, the, you know, they're the stronger, we're on the defensive. And so they're almost like the oppressor or the persecutor. Mm -hmm. How do I feel compassion, mm -hmm. you know, for, for that uh, person? And I think that. I mean, I, I think we miss, historically, the church has been in that situation for, it, it's in that situation in much of the world now, and it's been in that situation for much of the history. And so all of this stuff about, you know, compassion and uh, living in, in countercultural ways, you know, they're, they're all, all given in places and times and spaces where it's often very hard to live out the gospel. I do think one of the interesting passages when it comes to dealing with people outside the church that we often go to for people who want to share, uh, want to be a gospel, uh, you know, to, to other people, it's always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give a reason. And I think that's sort of where we stop. So that's, it's first Peter three, um, always be prepared to give an answer uh, for you know, a reason for anyone who asks you. And that's sort of in our culture, that means I have to have a list of answers 
to theological questions, um, to thorny issues, to whatever. And that's, of course, good to have. It's good to have answers to questions as much as you can. But the context of the passage is, if you, if you jump up to 1 Peter 3, starting at verse 8, finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not replay repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. So the, the, the whole context is they're being persecuted and mistreated. And then jumping down to verse 14, but even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. Now we get to verse 15, but in your hearts, do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. So the whole context is you're surrounded by people who oppose you, who are against you, mm -hmm. who are persecuting you. You know, they're being thrown in jail. They're, you know, all sorts of bad things are happening to them. Don't replay, you know, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate, be humble. Don't replay, repay evil with evil. Don't, don't give insult for insult. In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. And in that whole context, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And so to live a life of hope will uh, perhaps provoke some questions as to how can you live how can you live in a way that's compassionate and humble, not repaying evil for evil? Yeah. And then you'll explain that to me. And the answer then is not a theological answer. It's an answer about the story I'm on, this transformation of what Christ has done in me and how I'm a different person and how you can have that too if you want to join. It's a whole different mm. conversation. I think we want to make it, it's us and them, we're in an argument Always be ready to win, the, win argument. the argument. Yeah, always be ready to win the argument. And it's, you know, we don't even have to worry about always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope if we don't live lives of hope and compassion. And if we don't, you know, if we return insult for insult, if we point at them when they point at us. Yeah, I've got to win the argument or I've got to win the insult contest. Um, I'm going to say something. It's going to look like I'm returning blessing for insult, but really it's an underhanded, yeah. you know, self-righteous move. This is really difficult work. This no, passage, it's impossible. this is, it's this impossible. is impossible yeah. without Jesus. And, uh, I, I think first Peter is a great book for a paradigm for the church today mm -hmm. because their context is, uh, uh, they had, they, in Roman empire, pagan empire, mm -hmm. Um, and church not in the center of influence, right. um, viewed as enemies, right. threats, and therefore insulted and persecuted right. and beat down. And First Peter, this is a beautiful passage, but very, very challenging. Don't repay insult with mm -hmm. insult. I mean, yeah. that's, that's enough for my, like, don't repay evil with blessing. Yes. Bless those who persecute you. Yeah. You know, right. Roman on the Mount. Yeah. Know. Right. Where, I'm sorry, where, where are we on that? Like, where are we <laughs> yeah. on bless those who persecute right. you? Yeah, I do think that, you know, we want to get in our retort on social media or stake our claim or stake our position. And again, I'm not against social media. I'm not that into it. 
uh, if you know me well, I don't post a lot because I find the whole forum to be set up to be divisive, to be set up to be us and them, to mm-hmm. be set up to be factionalized. And so I tend to, you know, stay away from from all of that. But in the if somebody's sitting in front of you and they're angry with you because you're a Christian and how can you believe in God this and and you know what about the children who were abused and you know what about you know um you know all these people who are going to go to hell what about the people who die and you know was God doing that and we want to get our hackles up mm-hmm. we want to win an argument and the the thing that um the thing that we want that that Christ wants us to do is to look upon that person and have compassion first of all. Uh, understand that some of the things they're saying are not wrong, mm-hmm. um, and that we don't have to jump to God's defense, but we can invite them into a bigger story and a bigger yep. understanding, and be humble, be sympathetic, and be loving, and have hope in the midst of all of that nonsense and bad business. I can have hope to the point where somebody might ask, how can you live with hope Mm -hmm. and all this being Mm -hmm. true? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then have an answer ready for that question, which is going to involve not disconnection from the world, not, you know, not living in a monastery and avoiding all the pretend hope. It's going to involve real wrestling with the, with the brokenness of the world. And yet, having compassion and considering myself part of it. And, you know, um, I think that's, that's when, you know, we're able to do that. And I think we're only able to do that probably fleetingly. Uh, but that's when God speaks in ways that are beyond whatever Mm -hmm. words we're saying, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, it's his presence. It's the fruit of the spirit. It's, that's what actually changes, changes hearts. And I think it surprises people. I think so. And especially we're poised today to really surprise. Yeah. Um, it's an opportunity. What, yeah, it's a yeah. great opportunity with what the church could offer in compassion to people who think differently, feel differently, exist differently, to people who may not even know that they're sick. And that's fine. It's not a, I'm better than you because I realize I'm sick. Right. It's just, you don't know and that's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, we might not be super comfortable always with woke culture. Yeah. But we Christians can be sort of the spiritually woke people. Yeah. Like, I get you're not woke yet. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Right. That's good. And we're sort of those culture references. Zing, right. zing, fling. <laughs> yeah. Where, but that's the sense of, um, you know, I was, I was, I am helpless without Christ. Yeah. And right. we're not, you know, it's not because I'm clever or whatever. It's because Christ rescued me and he seeks to rescue you. Um. And there's a common there. We, there's much more in common there than we would like to to believe. I think. Who was it? And and I don't know exactly sure where we are in time. Who was it that said? Um, is that a three or a five or a zero? Has it been three? Has it yeah. three minutes or three hundred fifty minutes? Yeah. Some number of minutes. <laughs> you got five jobs, man. <laughs> Tell us what. Um, who was it that said the church is like a hospital? Was that? Augustine was that somebody else around that, that time sounds period? Right. It's something like that. It's it's a, a hospital uh, where people who are sick can come get healed. Um, and I, you know, when I think of compassion, 
I got to say that I do think of Mother Teresa. Mm -hmm. I really do. Right. I think of like someone whose heart and body just gave themselves to people who could not do anything for her. Yep. And to the least of these and to the outcast and and nobody wanted to do anything for those people. Mm -hmm. They were in the caste system, the untouchables. And um, I think of that model of what kind of missional impact would it have in St. Peter, St. Charles, St. Louis, North America, if we had an ounce of compassion mm-hmm. upon the people around us to say, it's Jesus on the cross. You can insult, you can mock, you know, forgive them. They don't understand. Mm-hmm. And not in an insincere way, but a genuine like, right. forgive them. Yeah, Like, yeah. I can have compassion on you. Right. Like, I can still journey with you, mm-hmm. even if you... Yeah, you know, continue to revile me. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. I think that the image of the church as a hospital um, is there's something sort of, um, you know, in a way beautiful about that and healing. Uh, but what I can tend to do with it is make me the doctor. Right. And that's, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's the hesitancy on the analogy. Is that, you know... Yeah, come on in. I'll fix you on up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'll prescribe some medicine. I'll operate, you know, whatever, whatever's needed. Uh, When, yeah, the church is a hospital and we're all sick. Too much fixing, not enough healing going on. Yeah. 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 Um, And so in order to be welcoming and have a home that we can welcome people, we need to practice compassion. And I think one of the... um, for me, one of the only you know things that, in a sense, helps with that is, do I have some sport, sort of spiritual rhythm that connects me to what's really real? Because mm-hmm. without that, I'm just on my way. I'm busy. I'm doing this. I'm getting stuff done. I'm getting church stuff done. I'm getting ministry stuff done, and I'm not seeing. You know, back to your point, I'm not. I'm not I'm really seeing. looking. I'm too yeah. busy going, doing, accomplishing ministry things, feeling good about myself. Doing for God. Doing for God. Yeah. And I don't really see. And and that's how I think it's part of the parable of of the Good Samaritan. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, I would never walk by, which of course is wrong. Right, I would never do that. I would never walk by somebody in need, which of course we don't even watch, we don't watch the news. We don't want to think about those people or what's going on there. um, And so can I, if I'm not feeling compassion, then I'm sort of alienated, back to last week, disconnected from what's really real. If I'm living in the real world, I'll have compassion. Yeah. And if I'm not, if I don't have compassion, I'm probably disconnected from what's really real. I'm living in a pretend world, in a different different story. And so, you know, prayer, Bible reading, uh, you know, meditation, silence, all of these things, worship, that yeah. connect me, community, to God's people, um, are things that should foster and grow compassion, without which I'm not sure if we're able. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, I think this may segue into the next week or the week after, but we're so busy that we right. either don't have time for those rhythms to connect to compassion, or we just keep, we've learned this habit of blowing by people as objects. Yeah. The, the teller, yeah. 
the grocery clerk, right. the person in the car next to me, like everyone is just an object. They're in my way. They're in my way, right. whatever it is. Yeah. And so I think there's a, also an intentional, so this could be a spiritual discipline of practicing present awareness. Like, how am I, am I really seeing? Mm-hmm. Am I really looking? It doesn't mean I'm going to get in an hour long deep conversation yeah, with probably aren't. the person right. at the bank, right. but, but do I treat them like they're there? Right. Yeah. And I think know? that's the, that is the the easy thing to do is to blow by things and not see. And I think we will talk about busyness later as a as a as an impediment um, uh, to these things. And so, you know, I don't I, to end this podcast. I mean, you know, we could say hey, live lives of compassion or be compassionate. Yeah, right. be compassionate people. Do it. Be compassionate, San Diego. <laughs> um, but I feel like I would I would want to say maybe examine your how's your compassion doing yeah and what are you doing to foster it spiritually if it comes from you know having a christ heart for people how are we fostering that on a daily basis and if we can't if we're not doing that we're probably not going to be welcoming not going to be compassionate yeah we're going to be us and them we're going to be blowing by people sort of stuff so at least for takeaway for me is to like to practice the things that help grow compassion yeah yeah, I like it. I, and I would just, that's mine too. And just to do, do I see? Mm-hmm. Do you see? Do I see? And is it possible to go through today mm-hmm. and just maybe it's once? Yeah. And I just look. Right. And I take the time to see that person right. as they are. Right. So. Okay. Quickly in closing, because that, that, <laughs> that some, something came to mind as we're, as we're closing this out. There's a, uh, there's a restaurant. It's near, near 70 and, um, Zumble area and behind it there's some trees and stuff and I happen to know from people here at Calvary that work with homeless people that there are homeless people down okay you know down in this bet bank yeah, yeah. Um, and I mentioned it to this person as friend as a believer and they're like no way I mean, there's cars going by and there's a restaurant there's no way there's homeless people down there yeah but it's like yeah we go by them every day, That's, yeah, and we just don't see we them. We choose not to see. Choose not to see. Them. Yeah, and yeah. they probably don't want to be seen, and so it's a great arrangement. Yeah, it's a probably agreed upon, agreed upon arrangement, know, societal yeah. agreed upon. Let's just agree just, not to look. And yeah, we can talk about homeless in the abstract without yeah. actually seeing them. That's so, good. Um, so with that, uh, we want to not only talk about fostering hearts of compassion, but looking forward to next couple of weeks, we're going to continue in this sense of what fosters hospitality, welcoming, community, humility, what gets in the way. We'll continue that uh, next week. With that, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.